Hey everybody, happy Memorial Day weekend. My name is Chris McDaniel, the lead pastor here at Trinity, and it's our hope that you're going to be able to carve out some space tomorrow to uh, share some food and some time with friends and family, and this is an opportunity for us to remember our war dead in America, and so I would hope that you would take some space to celebrate and to maybe give thanks uh, for the freedoms that we have. I want to share a couple of updates before we read, um, updates that I am so excited about. Last week, I was not here on the west side, but rather on the east side for Emmanuel Anglican Church's graduation. Our Bishop Todd Hunter, he and myself were there to bless Matthew and his team as that church now is a fully orb church in our diocese. Y'all, our heart to plant churches is to see them grow up and be what God's called them to be, and I was so excited to be there for Emmanuel as that day actually came to fruition and became a reality. Connected to that, we have just made a hire for the north side. If you have been aware over the last number of weeks and months, actually, we've been in some liminality looking for and praying for and seeking a pastor on the north side, and we have found a pastor. I'm excited to announce that John and Jana Ziegler from Los Angeles are going to be coming to join our team at some point in the midsummer, uh, in time for the fall. And we are so excited about what God's doing. I continue to coach John and connect with he and Jana, and we're just excited about God's provision. Y'all, the Lord has been very kind to us. So pray for the, the east side, which is now Emmanuel, and pray for the north side as they are still navigating transition. But y'all, good things, good things, good things. If you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 3. I'm going to read a very familiar passage of Scripture, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to see what the Lord would have to say to us. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how then can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, and then let's try to see what we can see in this passage. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to be present as we listen to your word today. Father, we thank you for this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, and while we want to honor that conversation, we also today, Lord, ask you to help us to hear what it all means for us today. God, we want to live in light of truth, and so we pray by the power of the Spirit that you would help us to do that. 
In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So on this Trinity Sunday, I think it's really important for us to understand and think about the work of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we see Jesus interacting and speaking of the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way in this passage. But before we can get there, we need to know who Nicodemus is. We're told that this man comes to Jesus under the cover of night. And so who is he? He's a Pharisee. He's a religious leader. He, he's a cultural elite. This is a man who is a teacher a guy on the inside, a guy who knew the rules, a guy who taught the rules, and yet here he is coming to Jesus under the cloak of darkness, wanting to be obscured, not maybe wanting to be found out by his colleagues. And you might ask the question, why? Why would Nicodemus, why would a teacher, why would an insider, why would someone who had maybe everything that the culture would have said that he needed to be settled and secure and empowered, why would he come to Jesus at night asking questions like the ones he's asking? I think Jesus and what he says to Nicodemus at the very beginning gives us a clue. I think Jesus knew. See, one of the challenges for me sometimes is I'll sometimes show up in an environment and not really know why I'm there. And maybe that was true for Nicodemus. Maybe he didn't know why he was coming to Jesus. But Jesus knew. These words that he says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. I believe that this phrase gets at Jesus' own understanding of what Nicodemus was looking for born again. If you grew up in the church, like me, you probably take that phrase for granted, to be born again. Just, it's sort of like code speak for just to be a Christian. But for Nicodemus, I want you to think about what those words would have sounded like. Here he is, an insider, being told by Jesus that he must be born again, that he must start over. And I believe that this gets at a fundamental question that each of us must confront and answer as we seek to be Christian. Do we believe that we can be renewed, that we could be born again, that we could develop a whole new way of living later in life? I think it's actually one of the biggest barriers for many people when it comes to holding on to faith. They think, I don't know if I can change I believe something was driving Nicodemus to go and see Jesus, and maybe it was a disquiet in his own heart. Maybe he was thinking, I'm just not where I want to be on the inside. I'm not as peaceful as I want to be. I'm not as hopeful as I want to be. And in so many ways, I think I can identify with Nicodemus. Maybe you can as well. This last season has taken, taken a toll on me, on many of us. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the cloak of darkness, and he's essentially in his heart asking a question that Jesus perceives. Is it possible for me to be renewed? Is it possible for me to change? And here Jesus looks at an insider, and he challenges him on a fundamental level. He says, not only is it possible, you must be open to transformation and change if you're going to follow me. He says this to an elite to a settled person, to a person who had every outside external metric, he says, if you're going to follow me, you actually have to change. You've got to come into a whole new space of being. Here's what Jesus says, the first movement in our passage. He says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. I think he's trying to jog Nicodemus's memory. And if you um, have read through your Bibles, maybe this would jog your memory. In Ezekiel 36, and I think this is what Jesus was trying to get Nicodemus to think about. The prophet Ezekiel writes these words from the heart and the lips of God. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. 
I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I believe it's very likely that Jesus is trying to cause or prompt Nicodemus to think about these words from the prophet Ezekiel when he said to him, you must be born of water and spirit. See, the struggle here is that Nicodemus, maybe like you and me, is struggling to believe that an adult can develop a new character later in life, that an adult could change. He's actually asking the question that maybe you're asking, is it possible for me to really be transformed? Is it possible to change or do I just fake it for a while and then regress and lose ground? See, it's not that Nicodemus was worried that no one could change. I think he was worried that he couldn't change. And this is where faith has to be very personal, y'all. If we believe things for other people, but not for us, then I think that means we don't yet truly believe what we say we believe. And what Jesus is doing for Nicodemus is what he does for me and what he wants to do for you, which is he's wanting to take faith from the abstract down to the very pointed personal space. Can you change? Would God change you? Not that person or him or her, but you. And Nicodemus here is confronted with a fundamental question. Can change come to me? And then Jesus seems to change gears. The second movement in our passage, Jesus references the wind. And I've always wondered why in the world, right after telling Nicodemus he must be born of the spirit and water, why would he then start speaking about the wind and being blown around by the wind? Y'all, Jesus was using a pun, a, a play on words. The word that Jesus uses for wind in his language when he would have been speaking to Nicodemus that evening, pneuma, could mean wind breath, or the life-giving Holy Spirit of God. The word by itself stirs the imagination, and that's what Jesus was trying to do with Nicodemus. When you speak of pneuma, you could be speaking about the weather, you could be speaking about blowing out a birthday candle, or you could be speaking of God's renewing and empowered activity in the life of a person to bring dead things back to life. Jesus was making a reference to the Spirit and breath in order to get Nicodemus and his friends to think about the fact that God wanted to change them. Let's go back to Ezekiel. There's another passage in Ezekiel that in this moment, I think Jesus is trying to get his friends to see. Do you remember that story of the Valley of Dry Bones? Those dead things, the the things that had formerly been powerful and formidable, an army now dead, bleached out by the sun, uh, lost all life. In that story, God breathes his breath on the valley full of dry bones and he brings them back to life. He brings dead things back to life. And I just want to say to you, that's what God is always looking to do. So when I look at my own life and I feel like there are dead things, there are places where I've lost hope and I've lost ground. And I'm going to say in all transparency, this last year has taken from me. I'm sure it has from you. I feel like I'm diminished in some ways. Well, that just means I'm a candidate for God's life to be breathed into those dead places and cause new life to emerge. And I believe one of the things that he's wanting you and me to see is that life always must emerge out of dead spaces. So where do you feel dead? Where do you feel dry? Where do you feel diminished? I believe that's the very place Jesus wants to breathe. That's where the Holy Spirit wants to go first to engage the dead spaces. And I believe that brings you and me to a fundamental question And this is the third movement in the passage, and it's this question. So how does positive life change and transformation, how does it actually happen? 
How can we go from being normal, rule-abiding, guilty people to something else? See, Nicodemus couldn't wrap his head around it because he knew the rules. He was a Pharisee. He, he, he knew how to fast. He knew how to tithe. He knew how to obey. He read his Bible, and yet he was still lacking something. And maybe you're one of those dutiful people that do the right things, and yet you feel maybe like you're lacking something. See, in order for dry bones to come back to life, there have to be dry bones. And maybe what you've got, maybe your faithfulness feels dry and dead, but that's a candidate for resurrection. And that's what Jesus was trying to get Nicodemus to see, which is that it's never too late, even when you feel like you've lost something, it's never too late for God's renewing work to come to bear in your life. See, God's in the business of taking dead things and bringing life to bear. And so what that means is, it's never too late. It's never hopeless. We're always a candidate for new life. And so here's Nicodemus in a moment of decision, standing with Jesus in the night, and he's asking the question, am I, will I, can you change me? And is it possible? Am I a candidate for life change? All of his discipline was not working out for him. And yet, the dry wood is where the fire would come and ignite. I want to say to you that if you have engaged in spiritual disciplines and it hasn't felt like it's working out, I would encourage you to hold those dead things before God and say, would you bring your life to bear? There are days right now in my own fatigue, just today actually, I was sitting down and it's my normal time to read the Bible. But I felt depleted lately, and there have been days where instead of reading the Bible, I've just got my phone out, and I've read the New York Times or Bleacher Report. And today, I remember sitting there, feeling tempted to just read about the latest, you know, Braves loss or Hawks game coming up. And I looked over and saw my Bible, and I picked it up, and as an act of faith, I opened that Bible and said, I'm going to put this dry bone in front of you, Lord. The Bible's not the dry bone. It's me. And what God wants from you and me is honesty. And what he wants also is for us to show up. So we put those things in front of him and we trust that he will speak a word of comfort or at the very least that he will carry us when we don't feel all the things that we long to feel. That's what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus in this moment. And that leads me to the last thing I want to share with you. It's this. Jesus invites you and me, just like he did Nicodemus, to be renewed by the work of the Holy Spirit. It's no coincidence that when Nicodemus is asking, can I, is it possible for me to change, Jesus begins to speak of the wind, the Spirit of God. What he's basically saying to Nicodemus is what he's saying to you and me. No, you can't change on your own. No, you can't white knuckle or grit your way through life. No, you can't grimly just read your Bible through the rest of your life and never trust in the life-empowering gift of the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit to ignite the dry bones with life. We need the Holy Spirit. There's another portion of the Bible where Jesus looked at his tired and afraid friends in the upper room after his resurrection, and it says he breathed on them. He pneumed them. In the Hebrew, he ruached them. And the Spirit of God came on them. We have to learn to look to Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit. It's both. We look to Jesus and we receive the Spirit. 
I've got a couple of questions for us to consider, and this is for you and for me, an opportunity for us to, um, to either discuss if we have friends or, or family with whom we're watching church, or maybe to journal um, if you're on your own. These questions will maybe give us some tracks to run on. Number one, as you consider your life, reflect on the extent to which you struggle to believe that you can develop new character as an adult. Where do you struggle to believe that you can change? Number two, where are the dry bones in your life right now? And what might life coming into those places look like for you? I think it's important for us to name the dry places. For me right now, it's reading my Bible feels dry. But by faith, I'm putting it in front of God and saying, come Holy Spirit, where are your dry bones? And finally, how might you position yourself to experience more of the work of the Holy Spirit? One of the ways that I do this is to pray daily, come Holy Spirit. I ask the Holy Spirit to come every day. I also have a wild goose tattooed on my arm to remind me that the Holy Spirit is elusive and yet present, but I have to pursue him. So what might it look like for you to make room for the work of the Spirit? Our rhythm is we are starting this reopening phase for Trinity, more meetings inside starting next week. Our rhythms um, are going to be changing a lot around here. But this week, if you desire to receive a communion kit, we're going to continue doing these online services for now, as Brad said earlier in the service. This week, if you want to come and receive communion kits to have in your home, just come by the office. And I would also say that if this is your church, it's an opportunity to give, and you can visit our website if this is your home and support our mission. We are so thankful for the generosity of those of you who call this place home. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer as Jesus has taught us to pray, and then I'll send you into your barbecue. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.